On this episode, we discuss The Exorcist, colon, Believer. Love it or leave it. You got to believe it. We watch an Exorcist movie. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Ellie Kalen. We're going to have an interesting show for you today. Dan's on <laughs> cold medicine. One of my kids is home with a cold. And Stuart, <laughs> he's just cold-hearted. Yep. Snake <laughs> oh, man, look if into only. his eyes. Oh, uh-oh. He's been telling I lies. Been? <laughs> but I am a lover boy at play. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the rules, I don't play by them. Mm-hmm. No, no. You're also kind of a jukebox hero, right? Turn oh, in your well. lover boy badge and gun. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I guess it would be condoms. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of both things. Is right? that like an equivalent to like a silencer, or where does that where does that? Yeah, it's the... like a silencer for your penis because it contains <laughs> yeah. the sound when you Because <laughs> <laughs> normally when I bust, it it sounds crazy. Yeah, it's a sonic it's a, boom. It sounds it sounds like a like a well, balloon you, deflating. Well, you sing about it like Ray Parker Jr., so it's yeah. loud. <laughs> Yeah, I'm shouting, Mommy! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We're not winning any new listeners with the beginning of this episode. Nope. That was the plan this Exorcist colon Believer episode. (laughs) Yeah. People said, oh, I can't wait to hear about this movie that I forgot about existing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to jump in on a big one, a hot one. Uh This Exorcist Believer movie sounds good. Um Hey, this is a podcast. Recently added to Peacock. Huh, okay. Uh-huh. This sounds, oh man, can't wait to mm, listen yeah. to the whole podcast. Oh, I've heard oh, good I mean, things about The Exorcist. Oh wait, let me look at the small type, Believer. Oh, uh, this is not the one I thought it was. I mean, if I know anything about streaming in, in two years, this will be the most inexplicably popular thing ever. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. The procedural but. based on it. And talk about streaming, more like screaming, because this is a horror movie. And Dan, <laughs> what do we do on this podcast? Uh, This is a podcast where we watch bad movies and talk about them. You know, we have a whole... Uh, a whole month devoted to screaming coming up later in the year. But, Scream uh, timber. Yeah, we don't need to. <laughs> we don't need to stick to that for for horror movies. We realize we can we can have oh, a little fun once a minute. in a while. It's me, the straw man. I'm saying, <laughs> hey Dan, you gotta you can only do horror movies in Scream timber. <laughs> we can have fun once in a while. Let us have fun. Once again, man. Bat Dan has to get rid of his arch nemesis, the straw man, who's always <laughs> making Dan do explanatory advisories and provisos about things no one cares about. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, f- fuck both of you. So oh, um, okay. we watched Exorcist. <laughs> The Exorcist Believer. Uh, David Gordon Green was uh, now done. This is, not ex- done? This, is, this is not Exorcist versus Severusist. No, ballistic. no, no, okay. no, nope, it's yeah. not. Well, I, it was I know more, you were really worth interrupting the sentence. I had yeah. Tell us about started. David Gordon Green. I apologize. Uh, you know, he got tired of uh, doing questionable things to the Halloween franchise and decided to move over to another classic of the 70s horror. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not Look, to not to throw shade at David Gordon Green. I love a lot of his TV work. He has um, done some really good stuff. He's I just made some not, very good movies. Yeah, I do not think he has a particular aptitude for horror, and he seems to want to do a lot of it. But he loves days. horror. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. He has yeah. he has a very he's a very got a very eclectic filmography where mm-hmm. he started out doing very kind of like 
emotion-based, independent, atmospheric, independent films. He also did Pineapple Express and Your Highness. And then once mm-hmm. he got like drug humor out of his system, he was like, "Time to time to go to the horror movies of the seventies." I mean, he also made like Joe. He made, he's made a number yeah. of like out of different. If you you have to look at like Robert Wise to find a more you know. Uh, all over the place filmography, you know. I try not to be mean on this show, and I don't. I'm not trying to be mean here. Like I think he's done great work. It's mm-hmm. just mostly not in horror, which is what he's turned his hand to. Like even the even the first Halloween new movie, which everyone was pretty high on. I was like, yeah, this is fine. Like I like it as a, a cap off to the movies that I liked from a long time ago. This is a nice little ending, and then. Of course, it was successful, so they made more of them. It was but actually a beginning. One, Guys, like, I hate to interrupt. I just got a text message from one of my beer reps. Yeah. And it, so, no, it, it says, by all means, he says, hey, just a heads up, it's a Super Bowl week. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh boy, I'm going to roast this guy in the group chat right now. Super yeah. Bowl. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he means okay. they're giving out free Super Bowls for National <laughs> Super Bowl week from well, Whammo. Heads up. You may not know about this. A national holiday sporting event. <laughs> Okay, sorry for interrupting. So we've we've uh, we just covered that David Gordon Green's horror movies aren't very good, right? And that they're all like dredging up nostalgia bait bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you said I, that just now. Oh, oh yeah, I just did. Uh, do you guys disagree? Are you like, no, I like it when they bring back, uh, they do legacy sequels and bring back people from the original movies. And have them kind of do fan fictiony type shit, and also like uh, are kind of disrespected by the movie that we're I mean, watching. To be, to be, I haven't, I actually haven't seen any of his Halloween movies because I just figured I don't need to. But you've uh, seen the Rob Zombies. That's all you needed. <laughs> yes, exactly. I saw the originals, the Rob Zombie ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know? you jumped into your Dragula. You went to the movie theater and you watched them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I got into my mon- my hopped up homemade monster car. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, uh, but I, in general, I am not a huge fan of the legacy sequel trend, mm-hmm. which I guess did Tron legacy start that or was it something else that started it? I mean, I feel like, I feel like Matt Singer coined legacy sequels, so I'll just shoot him a text after the show and he'll give us all the info. And when, when he's done, when he's done killing himself with the menu of the, uh, <laughs> what, what, what the, uh, the Barbie themed, uh, Denny's menu, he'll, he'll I mean, be able he already- to get back to you. I think he already did that, and he did the. It was the Wonka Denny's menu that was particularly horrifying. <laughs> so uh, but bad. I don't know what what's next. What what other like? Is there going to be a Dune menu where you eat like a fucking bowl of sand or some it's shit? A, it's of a course, bowl of sand and worms. Yeah, the yeah. big Denny's drive away dolls <laughs> menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Love Lies Bleeding special menu. He's, <laughs> he's sitting in protein powder. Solo he's, work of the Coens. We're he's gonna- sitting. He's sitting in Applebee's right now having the Applebee's Argyle-a-thon menu. Where's- oh, no. <laughs> it's just cat food? <laughs> Gross. Just cat food and bags, yep. <laughs> um, I don't know. Tell us about this movie, Stuart. Why don't you— Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, let's fire this fucker up. So, what, so, Exorcist— so What's your experience with the— You guys who've seen The Exorcist before, right? The original one. And we did The Exorcist yeah. 2 for a, a live for show. For a live once. streaming show. I think that's one that's available on YouTube uh, for those who— Want to check it out before we mm-hmm. get to the movie? I just want to say, I like that first Exorcist movie. That's a really good movie. Okay. That yeah. first Exorcist, yeah. 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 Uh, and it's a movie that I mean, we'll get into maybe my theological problems with these sorts of of uh, films later on. But it's mm. a movie that I think sort of weaponizes the fact that we live in a secular world. Uh, for the horror of of like this unexplained thing happening better than like 
you know, uh, uh, possession movies that came afterwards that kind of like assume like, yeah, we all buy into this cosmology of the universe. You know, yeah, I, yeah, you know she's I mean? having sex like, with a tentacle monster. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a possession movie. Technically, I mean, I'm correct. Yeah. You're technically correct. Possession is a movie about a woman having sex with a tentacle monster. It is, <laughs> I mean, as much as I like The Exorcist. So I'm, like, on, I'm on the scoreboard. Should we update the Super <laughs> yeah, Bowl? Yeah, that's Super Bowl. One, we're we're nothing. Yeah. As much as I like The Exorcist, I do like Possession more. I mean, Possession is a, is a scarier movie that that goes straight into but my veins more than uh more than the exorcist think, but the exorcist is still very good the exorcist takes like kind of like mainstream a mainstream major american religion and makes it seem horrifying in a way that like other movies i of this ilk i think ask me to buy into something that maybe i don't necessarily want to <laughs> that like mm-hmm. Uh, that there's all these like supernatural things going on all the time, and we need the church to save us. And- oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, anytime you watch a, one of these movies, you have to suspend your disbelief that the devil does not exist. But I've watched so many movies where I have to. I mean, Dan, I hate to break it to you, Wookies are not real either. No, I I know I knew that you were going to make this argument, and my rebuttal to it is like with like that Wookies vamp- are real, Dan. I didn't want you to have to find out this way. That's with not a Wookie. That's just a hairy guy, you know. With vampires, like. I'm not saying that there's no one out there who like believes that they exist. You know, like there's someone, there's some goth person wearing a frilly velvet robe right now, and good on you for believing in vampires. But like, I want to meet crushing, that person. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be crushing out a solo black metal record. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, with that, I don't have to deal with the fact that there are a bunch of people in real life that believe this shit. And it leads them to do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that I don't agree with. Yes. Well, and, and I, I think like, you're right about that. In the original Exorcist, I think they walk that line pretty well because they really only talk about the devil or not devil aspects of the church. Whereas this yeah. episode, they start to talk about abortion at one point in a way that I was like, mm-hmm. mm, this is getting mm-hmm. into this. This movie is taking on water that it cannot hold. You know, yeah. this Ooh, is, thank you. Yeah, yeah. My only problem with the original Exorcist is I feel like it's a little cliched to cast uh, Max von Sydow in the movie because you know that dude's going to be the bad guy, right? Uh, Stuart, I hate to break it to you. That's the one movie that Ingmar Bergman didn't make where Max von Sydow is not the bad guy. Oh, wait a minute. I thought he played a Catholic priest and you're saying he's not the bad guy? (laughs) (laughs) Once again, Stuart's Stuart's extreme leftist secular politics, his his neoliberal anarchism is, (laughs) not neoliberal, his, his, what what would you, neoliberal is basically conservative. You you would be what a, uh, like a, I don't know, progressive? Progressive anarchist? I describe myself as a classic stinker. I'm just amazed. <laughs> we we've like barely ever used the scoreboard before. And now, oh, man, sudden, tearing now it up on it twice. Tearing it up, yeah. we oh, man, it's on fire. Pull oh, out the storage unit. <laughs> amazingly, in in this year's presidential debates, uh, the stinker party got enough votes for <laughs> Stewart to be to be on the debate stage. It's a problem though because I like I'm such a force of personality that when I leave. My other stinkers, they just don't have my same level of charm, so they won't be able to hold office. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's so what leads to January stinks. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Other stinkers. Thanks, Elliot. <laughs> Thanks for uh, telegraphing the future. So, boom. <laughs> Exorcist, Believer. The movie, first off, guys, uh, Believer. Who's the Believer in this movie? Think about it. Well, maybe you can answer <laughs> that's, after that's the movie. That's a good question because there's a couple different people who could be the Believer, and we're t- talking about belief in it, and it's a... It was only after the movie was over that I was like, oh, I guess the title is about different belief. There are different types of belief. It just felt like such a generic title going yep. into it that uh, I didn't really think about it until it was over. 
so we the movie opens in Haiti. Uh, our characters are Victor and Soren, Soren, uh, who are, uh, I believe, a married couple. She's pregnant. He's a photographer. He's taking, uh, he, it actually opens with him taking photos of dogs fighting. And I'm like, uh, what's this representing? And I guess we'll find out later. <laughs> Um, now, and, and Victor is played by Leslie Odom, uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who yep. I know Stuart and I have seen him on stage. Dan, you must have. You saw the original I, Hamilton cast, right? I also saw him on stage, and he is the main thing keeping this movie from flying off the rails completely. He is mm-hmm. very good in this movie. That yeah, yes, good. yes, he's very good. good. He's but I, I just wanted to mention this wasn't the it wasn't just Elliot having seen this person in a play. All three of us have seen this person mm-hmm. in a play. Stuart like and I went to it one. together. Yep, holding hands. Tears in our eyes. Yeah, and then you we know, skipped well, away into the, uh, see, up the Rainbow Road to Valhalla. Not to jump ahead, but did you also see Norbert Leo Butts on stage? Because I did in I, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels opposite John Lithgow. Ironically, he is one of the one of the guys who's in a lot of Broadway plays who I think I've never actually seen in a yeah. Broadway play. He plays the one of the, the dads, the other dad. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Serene, who I said was pregnant, is still pregnant. She's in. Uh, <laughs> she's getting a like a. Uh, she is getting her baby blessed by some local women, uh, and she just said like later on, she's like, "Yeah, these women offered to give a blessing to our unborn baby." Well, this, he's like, "Okay, that's fine." This little little boy brought her over there. I'm like, "Don't follow this little boy." That's how gremlins get that's into how your you life. Get a gremlin, yeah, that's how you that get is how you get a gremlin, which is technically what they're store. trying to do. She's yeah. trying to give birth to a little. They're boy. trying to bring know. a little gremlin into into being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the same rules apply. Don't feed a kid after midnight. They should be in bed already. Uh-huh. Mm. Don't get them wet unless they're taking a bath. They yeah, don't like to sticky, take baths. But you kids do are it. sticky enough. Actually, you gotta wipe them off. Yeah, and what was the and don't show them sunlight. Yeah. yeah, because don't. you want them to be real, like pale ghost children who are real spooky, yeah. and they look in windows and they scare people walking by. Yeah, <laughs> is is there one of the rules? Don't shoot them with the electric gremlin. Is that in the rules? Uh, that's kind of an unspoken that, rule. That's going to fuck rule, up yeah. your gremlins, yeah, especially right not there. if they're wet. Yeah, it's going to wreck your gremlins. Sometimes you want that <laughs> yeah. to happen. Like once, one time you wanted that to happen, but also mm-hmm. kids love Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Gremlins love Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these rules also apply to my novelty gremlin fleshlight. <laughs> <laughs> now, l- let's tell us more about this. That's, uh, it's, well, it's, you can't feed it after midnight. <laughs> that thing will get fucking crazy. Don't, and don't get it wet; you'll break it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the problem. <laughs> you gotta clean. You got you no gotta nothing. Clean. Like, nothing like a dry jo session. <laughs> uh, okay. And you, do, you also don't want to use that in open sunlight because uh, people will just that, look at you weird. Yeah, Dan says that he's watching our <laughs> listener numbers deplete rapidly <laughs> yeah. in, in real, real time. time somehow, oh, wow. somehow yeah. in the future, yeah. Okay. Now it's and it's got but it's got the green kind of mottled skin of a of a gremlin. Yeah, right? dude. <laughs> Why else would I buy it? <laughs> What's wrong what about with you? Gremlin themed fleshlight? Don't you understand, <laughs> yeah. Elliot? No, you're right. You're right. I don't know that okay. much about fleshlights. Does it make noise? Does it go like hey 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 hey? with it? Well, it makes noise, but it's, it's more like a, like a, like you're mixing macaroni. Oh, <laughs> God, no, God, no. Dan, I'm you just, knew we were going to talk about this. I'm it's a, the Exorcist I'm Believer a, episode. You're right. It was in the notes. How did <laughs> I right. not realize this? Yeah, you didn't get the up. email about what we we're covering. Okay, spend ten uh, minutes on fleshlight. So, <laughs> it would be how how strange would how surprising would it have been if later in the film 
Leslie Odom Jr. is just like, oh, I gotta deal with the fact that my daughter's been possessed by the devil. I gotta get some of this stress so out. Much and just stress. pulls out a flashlight. <laughs> and I'm like, dog, you have that in the house with children? Because children get into everything. She's gonna find that thing. And those are harder to explain than a vibrator, I think. Yeah, that's why you need a safe. You need to put it's them that, in a safe. Yeah. It's like what Dan was complaining about the other day. The what? double standard <laughs> our society has <laughs> on different genders of sex toys. No, I, well, I mean, everyone should have a sex toy that wants one. That's, I'm, Pro that, I guess. But. Okay, so Dan's just thrown in a free ad for sex toys on our podcast. Yeah, yeah the thanks, sex Dan. toy council. <laughs> it's just sort of a non-specific <laughs> okay. booster group. Yeah. So after, uh, after like, traveling around, checking out a church, uh, there is an earthquake in Haiti, mm-hmm. and uh, they are separated, and Victor, played by Leslie Odom Jr., finds his wife trapped under rubble, and the, the rescue workers are like, we can only save her or the baby. And his wife, in her, his dying wife says, you know, protect her, which is, I guess, the rules that he's going to live by the rest of the movie. And I'd like to say that other than sort of drafting off of a real-life tragedy, for me, this first section is the most successful in the movie. Like, it, it has atmosphere. It has some tension. Like, mm-hmm. I think Green, I, I want to, you know, be clear again. I It's not, I, I don't like him. I'm trying to, figure out what doesn't work for me about his horror movies because I do think that he is good at atmosphere Mm -hmm. but maybe bad at tension. I think I think maybe that's part of it. I think real I think it's more of a story problem than it is a production or or Mm -hmm. directing problem. Uh but I will say I'll give them credit for I was ready for them to bring in some kind of evil voodoo that the church has to that the priest has to undo like the baby has been Mm -hmm. cursed or something. Yep. Yep. And I was very glad they did luckily that that wasn't the case. Yeah. Uh, I feel, Dan, uh, just like off the top of my dome, I think one of the issues at least I have with his uh, Halloween movies is I feel like the point of view feels a little off. Like I don't know if I'm supposed to be scared for the people that are getting killed or if I should be saying, wow, this is cool. Yeah, I mean, I would say that that's a problem with any late period slasher movie, though, including... Many in your beloved Friday the 13th series where I'm like, am uh, I, who am I sympathizing with here? I mean, I'm sympathizing with Jason because he's the man. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> I was, did you got, my internet froze for a sec. Did you guys hear what I was saying about Haiti or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. we, and we all agreed with you. Okay, great, uh, great. And we, when we also said you're the best, you're the funniest guy we know. <laughs> I yeah. appreciate and that. Oh, I missed it. on the scoreboard. Yeah, Dan oh, and I made it, it on the scoreboard? Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dan whipped out a ukulele and sang a little song kind of talking about how great you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, you miss a lot. Um, okay, it happened so, just outside of the Zoom frame, though, so you didn't see it. <laughs> so, thirteen years later, what? Who did he choose? Well, we find out because Victor is now living with his daughter Angela, which of course is hilarious. Anytime you have a movie with devils and shit, and there's a character oh. named Angela, you're like, oh, 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 good one, good name. What if, but what if it was? What if you had seen a picture of Judith Light in the house, and you're like, oh, she, he, she's named after Judith Light's character on Who's the Boss? I mean, I would I would give this movie a lot more credit at that point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it's fair. it's like that old. Did you did you ever see that Ben Stiller show sketch? Uh, what is it like? Like hackneyed tales of cliched horror, where he plays a <laughs> yes. uh, where Ben Stiller plays a radio like shock jock, yeah, who uh, is in hell, and he's like <laughs> he occasionally looks with like longingly at a photo of his girlfriend named Angela, <laughs> <laughs> and she like calls and tries to tell him to like come back. Uh, it's funny. It's a good bit. It's a good bit. Okay. Yeah. So he lives with his daughter. They have. They seem to have a pretty fun relationship. She 
He's a good dad. He's put he's put all of himself into being the father that he needs to be for her since she doesn't have a mother. Other mm-hmm. than he is extremely overprotective. He seems to like yeah. always have her come directly uh, home. Well, her, after his wife did die in an earthquake, Dan. Yeah. yeah. So you think the earthquakes stalking her to finish the job? I've seen I Jaws we were watching 4. Earthquake 4 the Revenge and <laughs> now the earthquake was going to follow them. I mean, I understand psychologically why he might be overprotective. I'm just saying that that is his flaw as a father, I think. I see. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Although, if he had been watching her more closely, maybe she wouldn't have gone into the woods and gotten possessed by the devil. (laughs) The devil district. Maybe she had wandered into the hell part of the woods, yeah. So they, like, play hide-and-seek a little bit. They argue about vegetarianism. Uh, she want, She's, like, super curious about her mom, but he's very protective about uh, his, his uh, dead wife's things. Um, and uh, is kind of, you know, he's, he keeps things from his daughter. I guess it's out of a sense of his own, like, loss, whatever. At school, Angela uh, meets up with her friend Catherine, and they make plans to sneak out, uh, sneak off into the woods after school and lie to both of their parents so that they can go off and do a seance. So and now their Angela point, they don't talk expect to anything. her mom. Oh, they no. don't expect, oh, they don't expect anything bad to happen. Their plans are pretty simple. Into the woods into the woods, into mm-hmm. the woods, and home mm-hmm. before dark. That's the plan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, that a, is that a reference to a musical? Uh, wait, it very much is. The I musical mean, is called, wait, let me check my notes. Uh, Merrily We Roll Along. <laughs> oh, okay. So they, they find like, they sneak off into the woods. You know, they made plans like, you tell your parents that we're having stovetop at your house, and I'll tell my mm-hmm. parents we're having stovetop at their house. And so it's can we, this, can we talk about that commercial for a moment? I was like, it's okay, really funny yeah, yeah. that they are going to go to both houses. So their parents yeah. will know at a certain point that they are not actually having dinner at the other house, right? I would oh, at least one of them, I think. Yeah. Then, yeah. Well, what is the story then at that point? Like, oh, we tried to go over there, but we were cast out by <laughs> the other parents. I mean, <laughs> the, door the, was locked the easiest answer is we ate stovetop there and it was so good we wanted more, right? True, but they're mm-hmm. like, but they're trying to arrange like, can I have dinner at Bobby's house tonight? But then they're going to show up at their house and still have to, like, oh, I went, we went to Bobby's house and uh, his parents were had a key party. So we weren't, they didn't want us around. <laughs> yeah, yeah they just, and you weren't invited. Time, yeah. I know what you're is close a, with them, but they didn't invite you. Yeah. What is a key party, uh, by the way? Oh, you, to shut us up, you're going to shove our mouths full of stovetop stuffing? My <laughs> plan worked. Something's plan getting stuffed like at that charm. key party. <laughs> and home before dark. Okay. So uh, they wander off into the woods. They find like like a ruined foundation of a building, and they climb down into the basement, uh, and they have their little seance thing. Meanwhile... Leslie Odom Jr. is having a hell of a time with a photo shoot for this family because he's a photographer and he's Uh doing a family photo and this kid Mm -hmm. just won't behave, which is really, I think, one of the themes of this movie. Kids acting crazy. Yeah, kids do the damnedest things. (laughs) Subliminal (laughs) style, but not really because they're like not that quick. Shots of like devil faces over the kid for a couple yeah. parts of it. I'm like, what is this indicating? <laughs> like, it, the kid's, it's indicating it's that some devil stuff's gonna happen later, Dan. But it doesn't yeah. really make sense because the devil's yeah. not involved with that kid. But <clears throat> and the or thing maybe is, he's a different devil because this in the Exorcist world, there's specific demons with specific names. It's not just yeah. the overall Satan devil. So maybe that kid's dealing with some other devil. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's another side movie. Maybe, maybe yeah, that's it's the, the sequel Red Devil. And maybe it's the mo- <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's the movie saying, "Hey, they can't. They bought a ticket for Exorcist <laughs> Believer. Maybe they forgot that it's a devil movie. Let's yeah. remind them. 
Yeah. They think it's a it's a parenting movie up to this point. We got to remind them there's devils in this movie. Check out this problem child. Back home, he. <laughs> I mean, it this would be movie a very... could be called Problem Child. <laughs> I mean, yeah, The Exorcist could also be. Yeah, the, the original one could be called that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I this could love... be Problem Child too because there's two of them. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> true. It would be funny if the Problem Child movies did at the end turn out that the devil was possessing the kid, but then the kid is so annoying that even the devil is like, mm-hmm. I'm out of here, puts on a hat, picks up a suitcase, walks out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the same thing with like the good son, that they're like, actually it was the devil. <laughs> and also, if you couldn't tell, he was actually the bad son. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone I saw who is, the devil. If you weren't paying attention. <laughs> for anyone who's not clear on the movie, now that you're walking out of the theater, he was the bad son. It was again. ironically titled. Because yeah. you know there's someone who's like, I don't know why they called it the good son. That son was bad. <laughs> He was bad. <laughs> Let me write a letter to my congressman yeah, about how it. Many, how many like nanas went to that movie being like, I love seeing good sons do good stuff. And then that kid grew up and was like, I can't wait to see Ana de Armas in this movie. And then went to see it and was like, how dare they? How dare they tease me with that? I'm going to sue yeah. the studio. Dear Better Business Bureau, this son was mislabeled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to re- send in the unused portion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sir, you've For devoured most of this movie. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, so, uh, back home in an empty home because his daughter is off uh, having a seance. Uh, he <laughs> is going through, he's like going through the photos for the day and like the lights start to flicker. That's a regular thing as demonic crap happens in this movie. It causes electrical yeah. uh, stuff. And it causes like a weird distortion effect on his computer monitor. And you're like, what happened there? It's like when Sheev Palpatine beams in in that Star Wars movie and his body looks all crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, um, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, the, the, uh, it is a uh, it is a little bit like uh, that. For a moment, the movie uh, turns into D. Snyder's Strange Land for, for a second. <laughs> you know, or Fear. Oh, yeah. or something. Like, yeah, this computer's twist. Demons are like solar flares. They're just gonna fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the. <laughs> Fields, electrical fields. And so, such. of course, mm-hmm. the the little girls never come home. The parents quickly uh, cut through the ruse. They call around and figure out that the kids, the daughters were lying to them. They realize that they went off into the woods. So uh, They are not uh, Victor, home before dark. Yep. Not, Victor and then the parents of Catherine all go off into the woods looking for this, uh, their daughters. And now they're the parent, Catherine's parents, Catherine is like, her family's more religious. They're, yeah. yeah um, according to the Wikipedia entry, they are Baptist, but yeah, they are more, they're more, they're church going folk. And it's Tony and something. I don't remember his, the mother's name. Tony and um, Tina from Tony and Tina's wedding. <laughs> another <laughs> New York theatrical tradition. Wait, is that it's the one t- where one of them is Italian and one of them is, are they both? It's just, they're, both it's they're both Italian. They're both Italian. No, no. You're thinking of the play. Okay. My mother's Italian. My father's Jewish and I'm in therapy. Yes, I am thinking about that play. <laughs> or maybe it's the other way around. My I'm father's Italian. Thinking. mother's Jewish. The, the, no, uh, this that's this a, one, the joke is just that they're Italian. Can you believe it? Yeah, yeah. they're just, well, and, and also they interact with you. You know, it's like you're a guest at the wedding. This is uh, Tony and Miranda West. Okay. I believe so, that's her name. So they search the woods. They find some evidence of their daughters, like a book pack, a book pack, backpack. What am backpack. I saying? Yeah, backpack. <laughs> Do you have a stroke? You, oh, you really okay. don't have children. That's a word oh, you haven't used in, in many years. Uh, a book pack. Atrophy. What's a book pack? <laughs> Guys, what's happening to me? What's going on? Oh, am I possessed? I guess I don't know. So anyway, they've got a me. They've got a pile of books with a belt tied around Uh, it. They're hitting a hoop with a stick. 
yeah. they go down. They, uh, Leslie Adam Jr. goes down into the uh, the flooded basement area. Don't say anything gross, Dan. Um, and he finds a uh, and there's a snake scare, which is nice and refreshing. Not, cats aren't the only animals that <laughs> yeah, scare people. Yeah. It's a snake this time. Refreshing. <laughs> snake goes wiggling past, and he's like, ah. And then he finds a discarded shoe. What's up with these girls? Uh, the parents get in a big fight at the police station. Uh, at first, you know, they were working together to find their kids, but now they're like, they don't trust each other. Uh, Victor at one point is like, the one thing you need to know about me, I care about my daughter. I'm like, you're not on a fucking reality show, buddy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fine. Like, we all assume you care about your daughter if you're here at this point. Yeah, but it's there's a, it's it's like there's a, the similar to uh, Leave the World Behind, there's a light shading of white couple doesn't trust black guy, yeah, black yeah, father. The, uh, and a little bit of like we're religious, you're not religious. So we're, yeah, and he's they're like we didn't even know your daughter was friends with uh, with our daughter, which he knew who his daughter's friends are. They don't. It's you know it's yeah. a, it's a classic parent conflict stuff in movies. I think also early early in the film setup, there is more of a sprinkling of kind of general unneighborliness from people that kind of I you know like yes. indicates that they're sort of isolated a little bit in this suburban community, and it it. Threatens to coalesce into a theme and never really does. Well, it's, yeah. well the th it it does in a way that the th one of the things I like about the movie, I don't like a lot about the movie. One of the things I do like is the general message is not we have to get in an exorcist, a priest, or an authority figure to do this. It is that a community has to come together to try to save these girls. And so early mm -hmm. on, their neighbor, who the dad is always arguing with, uh, it played seems by like Aunt Dowd. Played by Aunt Dowd. She's going to come in and help them. The parents are going to hopefully come together, but they don't trust each other at first. So if the movie was yeah. kind of better thought through, they could have had a really powerful message about the, the thing that stops the devil from taking your children is when there's a community around you that can support you and your family. But they mm -hmm. don't quite get there. But it, yeah. I think that's what they're working towards. Well, and speaking of that, the uh, this argument leads to them uh, arguing about whether or not the girl's disappearance might be related to a nearby uh, transient community. Uh, they are worried that the girls had been uh, kidnapped by uh, you know some uh, some people living nearby, um, and so there there's like some elements of that. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. goes to like a, a shelter. Uh, and interview some of these people. And, uh, you know, he, there's a little bit of spookiness, but there's not much. Not much. This uh, this is almost like, it's less a red herring, which I think it's, than just like a little cul-de-sac that they go on. And yeah. they don't do much with it. It's not really tied to the rest of the thing. And the movie's called The Exorcist Believer. So you know that a homeless person did not kidnap yeah. these yeah. girls. You know, the devil's uh -huh. involved. Well, know. and- and or a devil, not the devil. I'm uh, sorry, I mean, it's you. one of many. Yep, it could one be of, one of the one of the New Jersey devils hockey New players. This time it's uh, <laughs> some other thing. Yeah, uh, I I do think that like this is a like a sequel thing of we are taking a direct page from the first one, and we're going to spend the first half of the movie like kind of trying to ground this in yes. uh, a very like realistic world and. You know, as far as it goes, like, I, w I won't say it do it doesn't work because, like, honestly, like, the first half of the movie is the part that works best for me. But on the other hand, you know, this many movies into an Exorcist series, you're not like, I wonder if there's, <laughs> I wonder if this girl's really possessed or not, you know? <laughs> and also, and especially because pretty much uh, not too long after this, every, every character just goes all in on demon possession. And they're exactly. just like, yep. We got yeah, it. We, yeah. we, we, you know what? We, th we thought they might have run away. We thought a homeless person might have kidnapped them. Those are the only two options. So I guess it has mm -hmm. to be a devil. Let's just, let's just go with it. And it feels yeah. very uh, abrupt 
The, the same way that when we did, when we watched The Pope's Exorcist, which had the added advantage of being silly, that yeah. the family is like, they're like, by the way, your kids are possessed. And the mom is like, of course, yes. Tell me what to do. Like, there's never, <laughs> there's no pushback Finally, at all. Finally, someone sees it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and of course, that movie also features Russell Crowe just stunting on everybody <laughs> with that crazy <laughs> Columbo on performance. A Vespa. <laughs> what a Vespa, that ridiculous accent. What a fun movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Victor Dan, comes that, home. It was I, we recently we were, uh, we had to vote for the Writers Guild Awards, and mm. I hadn't seen enough movies this year that I really liked. And the Pope's Exorcist was on there. I'm like, I'll nominate that. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> yeah. like I'll vote for that to get nominated. That was fun. <laughs> Thumbs up. It's uh, not gonna win. <laughs> so a few days into the disappearance, uh, Victor comes home to find that his friend Stuart. Uh oh, there's a quote oh, Stuart no. in this movie. Uh, that his friend Stuart has broken into his home and has brought a uh, a woman named Doctor. Now I I only saw it written in the captions. I didn't actually hear him say the name. Is it Beehive or Bahibe? I th- How do you it's pronounce spelled that? Beehive like Beehive with a V. I think it's. Behibe, but I'm not sure because okay. I couldn't I couldn't quite make out what it what the sound was either. Yeah. And she's performing uh some kind of like some kind of a ritual to draw to bring the girls home, bring Angela home. And Victor is uh still uh, a disbeliever and it gets them out of his house. Uh however, something happened because meanwhile, 30 miles away at a, at a nearby farm, there is a sick horse. And they find the two girls in the barn. Uh-oh, the girls are back. Girls the are girls back are back in town. in town. The girls mm-hmm. are back in town. They're actually out of town. They're in a barn on the outskirts of town. <laughs> so they interview the girls. Uh, the girls think they've only been missing for a few Who hours. Who are you guys, they say to the girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Do yeah. we have beef? Who are you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell they, me about Lorne. Which devils are your guys? <laughs> what did your dad do for a living? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, are you with Pazuzu or are you with, with Lamash too? Oh, no, like, you Lamash gotta do Pazuzu. <laughs> Well, they're with Pamat Lamash too, who in ancient uh, ancient Sumerian lore was an enemy of Pazuzu. So, oh, oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. For, That's why he had to. You've been reading your two. fucking monsters manual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, your fiend folio the, over there. My Wikipedia manual that uh, Lamash too went after children uh, and mm-hmm. unborn children, and Pazuzu was often invoked to protect birthing mothers against Lamash too. Oh. And the Lamash too in the ancient Sumerian religion is like a mo- hybrid monster with like a lion's head and stuff. That's not uh-huh. what we see in this movie. Yeah, that sounds a lot like Lamassu, which is one of the mount options for a Chaos Dwarf Sorcerer Lord in Warhammer Fantasy Battle, sure. baby. Because sure, they need to sure. fly around on things because Chaos Dwarf ma- ma- uh, magic slowly corrupts their bodies oh. and turns their bodies to stone. Must so they the- need somebody <laughs> to take their ass around because they're just turned into like a statue man. <laughs> Must be the... Benadryl that's making me some t- suddenly sleepy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'll sh- uh, let me pull up some images on my phone, Dan. They're really cool. They have a beard. Uh, okay, so... Um, so they found the girls. The girls are back in town. They find the girls. The, the girls are back in town. The girls think they've only been gone for a few hours, but in fact, they've been gone for three days. What? However, there's no other signs of anything pretty, like wrong with them. Well, they except do- for one thing. They have burns on their feet. Oh, wow. Were they, uh, how'd that happen? Were they sunning uh, the bottoms of their feet? <laughs> well, that's what, I think that's what they check at first. They go, oh, were, were there, are there sun lamps, sun lamps in the barn? No, uh, it's because when you're walking around hell, you might as well be walking on the sun. <laughs> oh, man. you know, remember when music was good, guys? Yeah. Hey, now, you're possessed now. You're a demon. Oh, Go play. Hey, now. Exorcist now. Be believer. So and say. Singing this episode. Okay. So, uh, 
Go on. Uh, do you have more singing to do? You got to like another I can't get enough of La Mash to okay. right or wrong. It's also a Smash Mouth song. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, Did it. So, uh, and there, there is a, a sequence. Ex is a believer. I couldn't leave her <laughs> if I tried. I know that's a cover Smash Mouth oh, did of a monkey yeah, yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, but no. Just, uh, still an impressive. You found multiple links there. So. <laughs> I thought demons were only in the exorcist. So forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's all oh, the Smash Mouth songs I know. So we're back done. to the okay. show. Okay, yeah. so um, there is there is a <laughs> similar to possessed, but he gets up again. Nobody's no, going to exorcist and let's chumbawamba. But this is actually really great that Elliot is uh, you know making us go through this excruciating ritual because the movie makes <laughs> us watch a sequence where the girls are then checked to see if they have been assaulted by someone. Yeah. Yes, and that's not uh, fun. which is unpleasant. Yeah, um, but I guess I mean I guess. I get what the movie's trying to do with it. Uh, it's horrifying. They're saying, um, who's the real monsters? The medical establishment, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, Vaxxed. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag do the research, exorcist yeah, believer. Do, do your own research. Uh, so Don't really, though. Angela goes back home with uh, her dad, and she, uh, before bed, she explains that they went off into the woods to do a seance. She was trying to contact the spirit of her mother, but she was not able to do it. Meanwhile, she's still acting a little bit weird, and we occasionally get, like, ghostly figures behind people. There's like, a real good moment. I rewound yeah, it because I wanted to watch it again with a ghostly kind of child image behind her, behind her dad in the not night, unlike uh un, not unlike a Reagan from uh the original the Exorcist. yes yes and is this bef- is this around the time that she surprised her dad while he's brushing his teeth yeah yeah there's a, a sequence where he like he puts her down to bed and then he's going into the the bathroom and the lights keep flickering again that is a sign of demons and she just appears next to him and, and I he's was like, like get to she's bed. Like, what'd you say that was, it was a it was a really good something. It's really, she goes, what'd you say? And it was a really good reappearance. Partly, it worked really well, I felt, for me. But also, I have lived that so many times. Not the light flickering, but me just brushing my teeth and then suddenly turning to see one of my children has gotten out of bed and is standing there and I didn't realize it going, what did you say? And I'm like, I wasn't talking to you. And then I have to lead them back to their bed. That happens all the time. So, exorcist <laughs> believer, I feel seen. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. This is before your kids uh, pick on you and uh, stuff you into a it's toilet Stuff me in a cabinet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you say nerd? Then they stuff me in the bathroom <laughs> cabinet, yeah. Okay, so again, yeah, more flickering lights, ghosts. There's, I expected, I honestly expected more uh, jump scares in this sequence, yes. but they're, they're, it's actually pretty restrained. Um, the uh, in the morning uh, when he, after making her her favorite breakfast of uh, pancakes and ice cream, he <laughs> finds her in bed sleeping on top of the covers like she's staying at a fucking cheap motel. Uh, but she is uh, peed all over the bed, mm-hmm. so he takes her into the bathroom to try and get her cleaned up. Uh, and then he like walks away and he comes back and she's missing. And the, the tub is filled with brackish, dirty water and fingernails. And then he <laughs> finds her, she attacks him with, uh, his, his dead wife's scarf. And she is, uh, like she is ranting and, uh, he ends up, he has to like hold her down and they have to take her to the hospital and like yeah. have her committed, basically sedated. And yeah. Committed. And he, he, he does, uh, I think some really good, I don't want to touch these pea sheets acting. In the sequence, realistically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like looking at the bed, like, okay, how am I going to approach this? <laughs> yeah, Elliot's like, you get to, you get used to it. You, you do. Just- get, I mean, that was the thing for a single person. I understand, or someone, a childless person. You're not single. You're married. I understand completely. But when you have children, yeah, you're so used to touching their waist in different ways. Like it's just. I you presume can't. it's been a few years though for 
Nope. Uh, for this character. <laughs> oh, for this character, know, maybe. Yeah, but I feel know. like I feel like it would be like riding a bicycle made out of poop. You just they'd all come flooding back, and you'd know how to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, uh, Catherine. A bicycle made of poop. <laughs> meanwhile, Catherine is in upon uh, the seat. No, so many songs. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy, Daisy, uh, give me your answer. Do do, eh? Mm-hmm. Down to and, one star on iTunes. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> it's fair, it's fair, you know. We we're up so high for so long. Yeah, yeah. A bipartisan oh, bill in Congress banning the flop house. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, well, something Democrats <laughs> and Republicans can agree on, they say. It's not even a writer, it's the thing that they tack on writers to because they know it's going to pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, meanwhile, Catherine's parents have taken her to church. Uh, the pastor, priest, whatever, is giving a sermon about uh, about Catherine coming back to them. Uh, she is acting— He seems real smug. He's a real yeah. smug pastor. Yeah, and she is not acting normal at this point. She's uh, kind of dazed. At one point, she's like fiddling under her skirt, which I'm like, I don't like this. Um, and then she, during communion, she disappears— only to come back into the uh, into the church uh, covered in communion wine, which looks like blood, and she just keeps shouting the body and the blood over and over until she is tackled. And of course, the body and the blood sounds like a great death metal song. Yeah. I would totally listen to that shit. That's what happens to me when I get into the communion wine too. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dan, you you spent some time in the church. Is this exactly your experience as well? Uh, you know, we didn't have actual wine. You know, it was grape juice. Uh, we are, we you know, my denomination is, I think, the only Protestant one that w- would take communion uh, every Sunday. Uh-huh. Typically, that's not like that's a Catholic thing, and then other, you know, uh, Protestant sects do it at a at Easter. Said is this sex, a, but it was saying they were clear. Baptists. Is this a Baptist thing? Uh, I, I, I don't know how much Baptists take communion. I, like I said, I think that it's not typically an every Sunday thing outside of Catholics. And but. and after she wanders in, shouting the body and the blood over and over, she is tackled and she is also taken to the ho- sedated and taken to the hospital. Yeah. Ba 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 ba. They want her sedated. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So this is where this, this is just where, a musical episode of the Flophouse. It's so musical. People that, love it. They're uh, like, yeah, remember that Buffy musical thing. episode? That's great. But when I do mm-hmm. it, suddenly people don't like it. <laughs> if yeah. we if we market it that way, so people know what to expect, you know, yeah. you don't want this to be a Mean Girls situation where some people <laughs> oh. get in there and they're like, oh, I didn't it's, sign up for this. Did you see the video that was going around on Twitter where the the song starts and the audience just starts laughing? Oh, it was. That oh, felt so bad. That's, oh, the, that's too bad for the filmmakers. They should have marketed it as a musical. Though. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I am going to be recommending just a. This is a spoiler for the rest of the episode. I am going to be recommending a musical today. So it's. Oh. I, I want to like be clear. You guys read my mind. I liked the Mean Girls musical too. So. Oh. Okay. Cool. Good. Okay. That's not uh, my recommendation. Two thumbs up. Oh, it's not your recommendation. Yeah, but you can go see it if you like. Yeah, you, I mean, you don't need Dan's my Dan's allowing it. you to go see it. Hey, movie goalie Dan is going to be like, I'll let this one pass. You don't have to take my world word word for it. I said world. You don't have to take your world (laughs) for it either. You don't have to take my world from me. You can't, you you son (laughs) of a bitch. Who are you, Dio Brando? (laughs) Um, Okay. So the parents have a chit chat at this point. And uh, Victor is talking to Catherine's parents, and Catherine's parents reveal that she was supposed to be baptized, but they did not baptize her. And it's like, uh oh. They like and put it off until her grandmother could show up, but that was just a couple days too long. Yeah. 
thanks, Grandma. Uh, <laughs> so they, uh, so they're very much in the camp. Like our daughter's possessed. We need to do something about this, Victor. He doesn't quite believe that. He's he's still dubious. And I guess you know this tells you you know baptism. It's like chipping your pets. It's a thing you do for safety ahead of time. You know, it's like it's you're scotch guarding them against devil. Uh, so this know, is getting. Yeah, this is where I have two issues with this. Like you were talking about earlier, Dan. One is so the baptism. So so the devil would have been like, hey, 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 hey. oh rats! You have a force field around you from baptism. Yeah. You're like you've yeah. got a seal oh, I can't open. Boink. It's like it's like a child lock on a on a medicine bottle. But also like my kids are not baptized. Are they? Is this movie telling me that they are at That's greater like, risk of demons? Yes. Look, I I agree with you that I normally don't bump up against supernatural stuff. I'm just on board. I will accept whatever. Shit, you're trying to sell me in the context of fiction. Most of the time, I do have more trouble with this. And I'm, look, I grew up religious. And I'm not saying I'm not religious at all. Like I, but I'm saying that at this point in my life, my conception of religion is a lot more amor- amorphous and, uh, I don't know, just sort of personal than any. I don't believe that there's a set of magic spells you can do to keep the the devil to keep you don't uh, believe that religion operates like the same way that warhammer operates where there are exactly. rules you have to follow according how you Man, roll and things like that i want to hear elliot explain and the rules of warhammer way. to me right now <laughs> <laughs> so anyway we first you roll to see who goes first then yeah! okay, okay then you take your then you gotta then you gotta pick your guys you line up all uh, your uh, figurines and uh, you pick uh, them yep. you take turns picking them and then uh-huh. what you do is then Go you on. gotta come up with your your scenario. And the way you do uh-huh. that is you pick one of three scenario cards. That's a beginning <laughs> card. Then mm-hmm. what you have to do is you look at the color of that card and you uh-huh. have to collect those color <laughs> chips. They're <laughs> around the board in different places. Yep. Uh-huh. And now there's also the special die. There's one special die that's hidden in the room. If you find it, you <laughs> get an extra life. That extra uh-huh. life can be traded in for a hundred gold uh, chip credits. Oh, now the like gold the gold chip credits even are, joke listening to <laughs> they're 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 also stickers. Uh-huh. And if and you can stick them on your figures and that gives them qualified immunity, which means yep. they can't be prosecuted for things no. they do in the line of duty I, as yeah, Warhammer yeah, yeah, no, figures. Right. Yeah. I yeah. say all this about not believing in magical spells, but I also, like, I don't, you know, I appreciate what the movie's trying to do at the end by not making it, like, a specific religion, by by not being making it like, oh, Catholics specifically have figured out how to protect us against demons. You know, it is a conglomeration of different believers. They do mm-hmm. a couple this, times they're like uh, different people are like I've I've studied all the ways of doing this in all the yeah. different religions, but it mainly comes down to catholic stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but then like but then the weird thing is that makes me believe it even less at the end. I'm like, well, if it's all amorphous then what the fuck are we doing here? Like what how are we casting this demon out? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Even no matter no matter how ecumenical they try to make it. Uh, at the end, it's still usually Jesus's name that is making the demon scream and turn into fart mm-hmm. dust and fly Jesus, out of the I girl's bodies. Jesus, I hate that guy. <laughs> they say, so, as they run for the door. Meanwhile. Uh, him again. He's going to tell me more of his stories. Ugh. Meanwhile, Nurse Anne Dowd is looking after Playing a Angela. character named Anne. Playing a character named Anne, which I love. And also, like, it's nice when Anne Dowd shows up. Like, I feel, I'm like, I'm in good hands here. She's yes. She's got this. Yes. Um, so she she gets uh, she's looking after Angela, who wakes up demon style and begins terrorizing her, making allusions to a, a previous pregnancy and abortion. And then there's a scene where blood is spreading out all over her uh, her sheets. 
Um, and then Ann Dowd goes and talks to Victor and is like, yo, this girl's possessed. She knew stuff that nobody else knew. Blah, she blah, blah, knew blah, I was going to be a nun at one point. She knew my yep. name is a nun, which I never told anybody else. This girl is hella possessed. And I mean that pun very mm-hmm. much intended. Pun very much intended. So Victor decides to start doing his own research, just like Dan. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> hey. And he, he immediately finds a bunch of news stories about uh, Chris McNeil the uh, mother from The Exorcist, mm-hmm. um, learns, a, learns a little bit about her history. And <laughs> she he bursts her into d- the movie. Mm-hmm. He yeah. tracks her down and goes to her home. in all over with talent. <laughs> so he, yeah, he shows up to uh, uh, Chris McNeil's home, Ellen Burstyn's home. Probably not her actual home. I'm guessing it's the character. No, no, I think that she wanted to do the role <laughs> so little that she said, if I'm going to be in this movie, you're going to have to come to my house to shoot it. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to yeah. leave my house. This was So the story behind Ellen Burstyn being in this movie is apparently she said, I don't want to be in this. And so they doubled her the money they offered. And she it was all, she's like, okay, I can donate this to a college, I think, for it to endow a <laughs> yeah. fellowship. But yeah. she she said something that I read in the trivia section that was about like, uh, that she was like, it felt like the devil was testing my price when they yeah. were negotiating <laughs> with me to do this movie. <laughs> Did he also read the trivia about William Friedkin? Yes. Oh, yeah. William Friedkin was like, I'm going to haunt this, this. guy. <laughs> yeah. the, the, apparently William Friedkin was like, yeah, the guy who made Pine, Pineapple Express is going to ruin my best movie. Mm-hmm. But- N- notoriously chill dude, William Friedkin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Victor talks to Chris McNeil, who uh, explains some stuff about like, she's, you know, she's not a priest or an exorcist, but she studied all this stuff and that she thinks she can be helpful. <laughs> so they they join forces. And she, she also mentions that her daughter Regan and her have lost lost touch with each other. It's been uh-huh. years since they last talked. I think I think for this trilogy to work, we're going to need a big reveal at the end. Let's find out. So uh, <laughs> Let's watch join, what happens live. Yeah, yeah, they join forces and head back to Victor's hometown where they uh, go to visit Angela, who is in like full-on demon mode at this point, crawling all over the walls, being extra scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no, yeah, they're like, oh, we can't do anything with that. So they, <laughs> they have to go. Where it's like, it's like we're, we're not sure if it's if it's a medical problem or not. And meanwhile, she has like devil face. Like she looks like a demon yeah. has taken over her body. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look like herself, you know. So they, and they have to, they go to try and find Catherine, but Catherine's family has taken her home out of the hospital. So they go to the home and we're like, oh, this is going to be a problem. Because like the family's like cowering in the kitchen. They're terrified of this demon girl running around the house. How, how, what, how, what is it about, Getting people together in a house, you've got a you've got a, a girl who's possessed by the devil in another room. You've got the the refreshments are all in the living room. Everyone still always ends up in the kitchen. They yeah. always end up gathering yeah. and cowering in the kitchen. Uh-huh. You're like, guys, yeah, yeah. there's a whole house that we can ha- be fa- afraid of the demon girl yeah. in. No, they just want to hang out in the kitchen. Just yeah, hang out in the kitchen. That's I mean, that's that's I think that's a little bit of human nature. What do you think, Dan? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're I, it's that's where all joke, the chips are. But anyway. it is true. Yeah. It is. I, the last time Audrey and I had a party, we're like, we'll put a bunch of food in this central room away from the kitchen to lure everyone away. No one. No, they go to the ever. kitchen. Yeah. yeah. They're like, hey, I brought this bowl of chips back into the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> mind if I eat them here? <laughs> yeah. The, but the only way to get, keep them away from your kitchen, the room, is to have legendary comic book publisher Dennis Kitchen in your apartment at your party, and people will just follow him around. Okay, so again, they find the they find the family. <laughs> Cowering in the kitchen, Chris follows the demon girl upstairs. This is where we get this loving scene, a touching tribute to great actor <laughs> Ellen Burstyn. Well, yeah, they're really making the best of Ellen Burstyn and really treating her with respect. Where, where she has a conversation with the uh, with the demon before it climbs up on her and stabs her eyes out with a cross. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> outside of Scatman Crothers in The Shining. 
rarely has there been a character set up to like come in <laughs> to help out and dispatched immediately from yeah there's there's like two of those moments there's another one coming up but this one was yeah. particularly uh rough because you're did like you guys she feel just when you got watched here it. yeah she just got here this is the big star from the first movie. Did you also feel as I did that it was a huge disrespect? Like it was like, yeah. hey, like if you, like if you, if, if, uh, if it's like if Scatman Crothers had been the star of The Shining One and they bring him back for <laughs> Shining Four and then just chop him in the stomach with an axe. Yeah. And or just pushed like, him on, pushed yeah. him off a cliff. Yeah. Or like they, they do, they're doing like Godfather Six. It's a reboot of the Godfather franchise. They bring in Al Pacino and then whoever's playing the new Godfather just pees on him in a scene. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Godfather Calvin. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's wild. The, I want, like, it'd be one thing if, like, we read up on Ellen Burst and she's like, no, I'm just really into makeup effects. And I thought it'd be awesome if my eyeballs got knocked out. <laughs> so my- if she was like, if she was like Harrison Ford uh, with Star Wars and she's like, I'm just tired of being in these movies, you know. I just, I'll like, only do it if you blind the, the character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think my guess is that I wouldn't be surprised if an earlier version of the script had more of her in it. And then this is just me theorizing. And then she said, you have me for three days. And they said, oh, okay, I guess we got to move up her, her mutilation scene earlier in the film. Yeah. That's my guess. I don't know. Okay, so they, uh, you know, they, they, again, at this point, Catherine gets uh, taken away. Um, they're worried that, like, I guess I, her parents are concerned that she's, what, going to get uh, in trouble or something, I would imagine. Well, this uh, might be on her permanent record that she had a devil inside <laughs> her and she stabbed a lady in the eyes. Yeah. 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 Uh, this, but, you know, this could hurt her chances to get into Cornell. She'll just argue, devil inside, devil inside, <laughs> uh-huh. every single one of us, devil inside. She's, she's like, like what, every single what? one of us, Your Honor. Yeah. What a band. <laughs> what a band, right And she there. goes, hold on, wait, let me go into my closet. Where's my blue dress? Devil in a blue dress, blue dress, blue dress. Yeah, it's the devil inside medley now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What else can the devil be in? Um, Meanwhile, um, um, Georgia, uh, I guess, once he went down there. Yeah, he did go down there. He was in Georgia. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Father Maddox. A devil can uh, be in disguise because she looks like an angel, but she's a devil in disguise. Do, 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 oh, do. So he was back goes. to his texting. Checking, checking my phone. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, game on. Okay, so uh, Father Maddox uh, ap- uh, applies to the Catholic Church for an exorcism and fails to get uh, permission. They say denied. Can't no have. They're, they're, they they're stamp basically it denied. They're basically like the church's insurance can't handle the liability of an exorcism. Well, yeah, that's that's the problem with the Catholic Church right now. <laughs> um, okay, and then Victor goes to Chris to apologize for getting her eyes knocked out, and she <laughs> is. I gotta say, she hand, she takes this uh, pretty well. Like she's yeah. she's like in pretty good spirits. She's like, she, I knew the risk going in. It's okay, you know. Yeah, she's like them. You know, that's what happens. No, you know, I don't, live I by the like sword, you die by the sword. Um, anyway, once I get my robot eyes, and they're like, yeah. uh, they tell you you're getting robot eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like. The, the, those eyes were crying. They'd seen a lot of love, but they'd never seen another like you, like me. Are we in love right now? Yes, we are in love. Did you not know that that's the only reason I came to your house to help you with your daughter <laughs> is that I'm in love with you? Oh, this is awkward. I'm kind of still not over my wife yet. It's been years, Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. He's like, actually, yeah, my character's name is Victor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she, and she, she gives this like monologue about how people all over the world are doing exorcisms. You just got to get everybody together. <laughs> uh, and so she convinces him like, you just got to do your own exorcism family style. She, yeah, she, she has a, a book that says it takes a village to ha- to exercise a child, yeah. Yeah. 
So family uh, style. The whole the whole gang shows up. Uh, a whole gang shows up at Victor's house. You got Victor. You got Stewart. You got Doctor Beehive. You got uh, I think the priest from the church. The priest, the priest shows he up comes eventually. In he doesn't show later. He, yeah. he, no. First he shows up and he's like, "Hey, you shouldn't oh, yeah. do this." And Anne is like, "I was a nun for a minute. I can do yeah. this." And then later he comes this. back. Yeah. And then and Catherine's parents show up and they bring an older guy with them. Is that their? Is that's that their pastor. The, yeah, their that's pastor, their pastor yeah. from their church. Yeah, and they they uh, they make a little summoning circle and they uh, tie the girls into chairs uh, in the middle of it and they hook them both up to like heart rate monitors and we see that both their heart hearts are beating at the exact same time. It's mm-hmm. like they're they're one body. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the priest shows up. He delivers the bad news and then he goes and sits out in his car and <laughs> prays and I don't know Shakes like out. eats some McDonald's or something. He's just, I don't know what yeah, he's, he's, just, he's just on a stakeout. He's on a yeah. on a priest stakeout of the Exorcist. Okay, exorcism begins. We start with um, <laughs> round one. Yeah, round one. Nurse Anne starts reading some Bible stuff, and it you know it, kind of, it doesn't really work. The demons like doing scary stuff, and then they uh, they bring up her abortion again, and yeah, she's she gets a little bit shook. Uh, we learn some of the rules here is that they can't touch the kids while this whole thing's going on. Uh, makes sense because they're demons. Uh, they take a little <laughs> bit of a break. Uh, and then Dr. Bahibe uh, comes back and like drips like holy water on them. And that seems to work because they start uh, barfing out like vapor clouds out of their yeah, mouths. Yeah, Vicks Vapo demon, yeah. And then somehow like smoke from the, uh, like magic smoke from the fireplace and the, the vapor like getting a fight or something. It's It's kind of <laughs> weird. That part, I, to be honest, I, I couldn't quite follow what was yeah, going on. Yeah, I didn't but the, quite know what was going on. But the characters really seem to understand. The characters yeah, really yeah. seem to understand mm-hmm. what's happening. Yeah, yeah, some something's happening. The demon offers uh, the demon offers the parents a choice. If they pick one of the girls, uh, that one will survive. The other one will die. Have you course, have you talked about the the revelation that the demon makes about Victor's choice years earlier? Oh, we uh, we haven't mentioned that, but we can we, explain now. The demon, he reveals that uh, Victor, when years ago in Haiti, when the man said, we can save your wife or your daughter, and we assume he chose his daughter because that's who's alive right now. The uh-huh. demon reveals that Victor did not choose his daughter. He said, keep my wife alive, but it didn't work, and the, or the doctors didn't listen to him. And instead, uh-huh. Angela survived and the wife did not. And so this is seen – I think the demon is trying to break their bond and shame him that that was a pre-birth betrayal, I guess, yes. of his daughter mm-hmm. Angela. But the weird thing is, I don't think Stuart will be mad that I jump ahead a little bit to make this point. Uh, the weird thing is, like, are you jumping to the credits after the movie? Well, no. The so, let me quickly say the you know the other family, like the Norbert Leo, Leo Butts, loses faith or whatever, and he's like, "I want to save my kid." You know, like he, the the community is broken. Much to the and, consternation of his wife, played by Jennifer Nettles, Grammy award right. winning singer, which leads to the demon taking that kid like ha 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 I'm taking the one that you say you want to save and leaving the other one behind and like a weird uh, like reversal of like the wisdom of Solomon or something where yeah. it's like but I here's my problem with a lot of the stuff in the movie thematically like I guess the idea is that the his journey is that he's getting his faith back and that's the important thing he doesn't break and like choose one kid over the other but in the context of the movie, it also plays like, well, he didn't want the kid the first time around. He wanted his wife. And now the way to save his kid is by rejecting her a second time and not saying, like, <laughs> no, I want you. <laughs> like, I guess that's by, true. Like, keeping I think- quiet. It's kind of a weird 
I think they didn't think that through themselves into no that's i mean true. i think i think that's one of the i i would argue i think that's one of the issues with the uh, with david gordon green's halloween movies is that there's a lot of things in there that don't feel like they don't they don't feel all the way thought through they like yeah. they might make sense in the in immediate moment but like on the whole doesn't make sense. i also it think is, this movie was uh reshot a lot from what i understand it yeah. was very like Taken away from him, so I, I I don't lay this necessarily fully at his feet. Yeah, as much and as I that's uh, you're probably right. it's it's very possible. I'm the uh, it's it, it is internally inconsistent that the lesson is supposed to be we have to stay unified. The only way to stay safe is to stay unified. We have to be and uh, and the dad breaks it. The other dad breaks it, but that. Yeah, he has to save his daughter by once again refusing to save her. But although also, maybe, although Dan, maybe that ties into he's too much of a helicopter parent earlier. Now it's yeah. like you know what? I, gotta let I can't her go. save you. You got to deal I mean, with these I, devils for yourself sometimes. I think the message is less. Uh, you need you need to like reject saving your child and more. Don't listen to demons. Well, yeah, I mean obviously <laughs> Don't play the demons are lying to you. But the funny thing about that too is like, you know, once someone does make the choice, the demons are like, well. I'm bound to take the other one because I've been trolling you. Like I've been, I'm bound to take the one that you're saying that you want to save because I've been trolling you and I'm a trickster. But then that means that I am going to let the other girl go. I guess I have to only take one. Well, where, rather than just being like, I mean, that as, demon as knew as that demon. two two kids was too much. They weren't going to be able to eat that much. You know, yeah. Some as demons' said, eyes are bigger than their stomachs. Yeah. We did jump ahead slightly. Okay, so uh, we did mid we did jump past one of the one of the more fun scenes in the yeah. movie. Okay. Mid exorcism, they're like, this doesn't seem to be working. All of a sudden, the door bursts open. Father Maddox is like, yes. fuck what yes. the church says. I'm going to do an exorcism. He walks in. He's, He's going to kick ass for shit. Christ, just like yep. in, what is it, Those Dead Alive? Kids, yeah, they're yeah. not loving that. Uh, well, they, it's the, the opposite of McDonald's for them. They're not loving it. They're, he puts <laughs> his hands on their forehead. He's reading those words. They're flipping out. All of a sudden, they start twisting their necks. His neck starts twisting. What, what, what? His neck twists all the way around, and he dies. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, they snap his neck from the inside, and it's it, one of those things where it feels like, oh, right, yeah, because the exorcist is all about, like, head turnings. Like, it's all about turning yeah. your head all the way around. Yep. Yeah, well, yep. there's another part. I mean, it's so cool. At which, it's like, a, it's a, it, that effect is very fun. It's a, it's a cool moment. I wish it was one of the few moments in the movie where it was like, oh, this movie is coming alive for a moment. It's doing something yeah. kind of like wild, but it is, it does feel like, hey, remember this from the first Exorcist when her head turns around? Well, they do that too. Uh -huh. There's another moment I forget the exact line, but where one of the demons like says a line from the first movie to a room full of people that were not there for the initial events. So I'm like. What is this sassy callback? Like, who is this for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, people who've seen The Exorcist only. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, after the after the priest it's, dies. Well, it's, it's like that moment in that second Star Trek J.J. Abrams movie where he goes, my name is Khan. And I wanted the characters to be like, okay, what is that? who's Khan? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Do I, yeah. Have we met? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, so you're Khan, so what does Khan do? I don't understand. How's, mm -hmm. How are you Khan? What? Uh, yeah, yeah you, is it C-O-N, like you're a con man? I mean, you seem British, so that's a little confusing. Yeah, are you, uh, like, are you related to Shere Khan, the tiger from the Jungle Book? Because that would be weird. You're a person, I think. Not a it's tiger. the future. Maybe you're a tiger man, like one of the Kazin, you know, there's a cat people, but still. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, or the Hakan uh, Emirates uh, Trading Alliance in Twilight Imperium. <laughs> yeah, Dan, do you know any other fictional cat people? Not from the movie Cat People. Don't say that. Sleep, That's too easy. The Sleepwalkers from the film Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers, Very technically good. correct. Technically Cat People. You got okay, it. You did it. Technically. <laughs> so uh, I'll allow people. it. Put Dan on the board in the Cat okay. People game. 
Okay, oh, so God, finally on the board. <laughs> yeah, you're in the you're on the board. So this is where Vic tries to make uh, Victor tries to make a play uh, to get in on the action. He takes the scarf, uh, the, uh, his wife's scarf, and wraps it around Angela's neck. Uh, doesn't seem to really work. Uh, at this point, Tony. This is where Tony uh, chooses his own daughter to save. He just mm-hmm. says, Tony, "I choose Tony, you." Tony. Uh, at which point, Angela starts. Uh, <laughs> I Cat catches her in a little pokeball. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Angela starts to float up in the air, uh, and then she ashes. barfs like a blood vortex up on the ceiling. This is, uh, and it's like all CGI oh, blood vomit. It was so silly. This part and, should be should be scary, but it's super silly. Yeah. yeah. And she gives her dad this like crazy headbutt that throws him across the room. <laughs> it's like. It's it was that was pretty cool. It's yeah. very and, Dragon and Ball Z. Before this, when he gives her that scarf, he is also Victor has also been reciting the Lord's Prayer. He has got his faith back, which understandably, yeah. if you're like, I don't believe in God, and then the devil possesses your daughter, and the only thing that seems to stop her is to saying me, Christ's name, then I, I that's a way say, to get your faith back. And that when it's not faith anymore, it's been proved. Honestly, the easiest way to get your faith back. Like I would jump on that so hard, I'd be like, okay. I mean, it's not even faith at that point because cool. they're no, like, yeah, that's a proven thing that's happened. Yeah, I have seen, seen evidence. Yeah, this is no longer on faith and God's like, oh shit, I, I screwed it up. I was, oh, it was supposed to be faith. Whoops. Oh, uh, just, I think this means you're not saved. Sorry. Uh, and you, <laughs> But what if you just erase the memory of what happened from my mind so I can regain my faith? Hey, can't do it. That would be futzing with the rules. I, I'm on the board. I can't get, they'd take me off the <laughs> yeah. board if I did that, you know. So Lord. Angela collapses on the ground. She flatlines, and we're like, Tony, what did you do? But then, and his daughter, Catherine, seems to recover. But then we get some, like, flashbacks to the moment when uh, her mother was getting her belly blessed. And then there's, like, a switcheroonie, and Catherine flatlines, and Angela wakes up. Is that the implication that she she wasn't she had extra help? Not because she wasn't baptized. I don't know. She got, I don't that know. was like the first baptism in in utero. Yeah, you know? she had double reverse anti possession. <laughs> I don't powers. know. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She she has the Uno reverse card <laughs> on her soul. She'd been holding it in reserve. Until Jokes on you, Lamesh. You you have to draw four wild. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the worst. Uh, you've, that's a because th- at that point you're like. Lamashtu is riding high on the horse, and all of oh, a sudden yeah. he's got a handful of cards, and Lamashtu's he is just got SOL. one card. <laughs> and Lamashtu's like, "Well, I've got every card except green. At least he won't say green." And he goes, "Green? Oh, I've got to keep drawing the cards. Oh. No, no, no." <laughs> okay, defeat uh, from the then, jaws of victory. Yeah. So Angela recovers, and uh, Doctor Bahibe reaches over and snuffs out one of two candles. What? How meaningful. Uh, everyone uh, everyone tries to move rude, on with their actually. lives. Uh, and then in a, uh, in a what, a convalescence room, uh, Chris uh, is sitting there and she is uh, visited by her daughter, Reagan, from the first movie. What? Linda mm-hmm. Blair's here? End of movie. Thumbs up from <laughs> no one. <laughs> I love you in Savage Streets, she says. That's we what did it, hurts, it. right? We made it through Extra Disbeliever. Yeah. So so there's two sure kinds did. of there's two kinds of believing in this. So Victor, he regains his faith, he becomes a believer. And also mm-hmm. uh Cuz he's like there's that is my only option at this point. Yes, and that but also fight. like Chris McNeil has become like the ultimate believer. Like she uh-huh. believes in all religions cuz they're all about demon fighting, but yeah. also I guess like Reagan at the end is now a believer in like the need to have a relationship with her mothers. There's a lot mm-hmm. of belief going on. This, the title makes sense is what I'm saying. It's a great title. Yeah. It's this, uh, this last scene, by the way, like 
it comes at the end of a bunch of crap and the movie doesn't earn it, but it's weird how effective like it can be just on its own level. Just like, oh yeah, they're back in the same room well, together. That's like, nice. The, yeah. What was the scene that, that affected me the most in Dial of Destiny, a movie that I thought was fairly mediocre at the very end when it's Harrison Ford and Karen Allen back in the same room yeah. again? You know, it's like, oh, I like them in that other movie and it's I like that they had to spend time together another day, you know, for my yeah. amusement. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the puppet master. That's got really... <laughs> Ominous. Somehow. I demand you get back together, fictional characters who, yes, you were reunited once in another movie a while ago, but I kind of forgot that happened. That one was pretty weak, so yeah, <laughs> this so I'm marginally pre- better one is. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. So this the is Exorcist where we... Believer should have been. So this was supposed to be the first movie in a trilogy, and I don't know if they're making the other two because I one believe was... they are because I think they're. Con- There's they're a stipulation. Yeah. yeah, it is because oh, they made they spent. I was reading about it. To the rights to make the this series was like four hundred million dollars or something like that for the distribution rights. Uh, so yeah. it's, and this movie did not do that well. It didn't wasn't a huge failure. But it didn't do that well. But the I, I believer should be the third one in the series. It should I be like so. it should be like the Exorcist apostate, and then like the Exorcist conversion, and then like the Exorcist believer. I think like the that. next one is Exorcist deceiver. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh, like I, the song Dreamer I, Deceiver or yep. just Deceiver. Oh, it's a great two song. Duo from Jews Priest? Yeah. yeah. I, I, because of international uh, monies and such, like this movie did well, actually. This, it was a 30 million budget. It made 137 million. So it, it was a big return on investment despite for, being not for production good. made. But, but again, that doesn't cover marketing costs or just the cost of the distribution rights, which were so sure, expensive. I understand, but. You know, thirty to one hundred thirty. Like someone's making enough money off of this too that it's not. Well, in the theory that, like, they, when they made those distribution rights, uh, they made that purchase. I'm assuming they they had factored in that there was going to be three movies. To yes, yes. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, so you're right. Deceiver is the second one, although it seems it has been removed from the schedule so far. And uh, I wonder if the third one's going to be like um, the Exorcist Reaver. Yeah. What else we got? Receiver. Griever. The Exorcist Devo. I mean, if you have Mm -hmm. like a like a certain accent, then it that that rhymes. Uh, Uh The Exorcist John Cheever. Yep. Uh huh. What else? Cheezer. The Exorcist Little Caesar. You could bring a beaver into the The Exorcist Beaver. Yeah, it's it's a beaver that's been been possessed by the devil. The Exorcist Dreamweaver. Yeah, yeah. The Exorcist Lever 2000, yeah. Oh, man, these are great. Okay. Uh, oh, this is the part where we... The Exorcist Steve-O. <laughs> okay, that doesn't... Uh, it's a slant rhyme at best. Uh, what are we doing? You're right, We're that's the main problem final... with The Exorcist Steve-O as the third movie in the, in the trilogy. <laughs> Steve oh, can you believe? Look, he, he must be possessed by the devil. He's stapling his testicles to his leg. Uh, no, actually, this is just what he does. This is kind of my thing. <laughs> um, is this a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie you kind of like? I'm going to say that you know, for the first 30 minutes, it wasn't that I thought it was great, but I'm like, oh, this movie is a lot better than I was led to believe. And then it took a steep nosedive, and I will say it's just bad bad. Uh, Stuart. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about a lot of the, the flaws of the movie. I, I feel like for the most part, I like, kind of like Elliot, I have a little bit of trouble doing these, uh, like demon possession movies because they so often rely on like a, an acceptance of uh, Judeo-Christian bullshit, um, which is 
you know, it's it's hard it's it's a hard hurdle for me to clear. I I mean, I wish it had been a little more fun. I mean, I feel like I like like Evil Dead's and your when evil lurks and that kind of gross out kind of possession. But but, even um, the first Exorcist movie, which is a very somber and like stoic yes. movie in a lot of ways, has fun parts and parts that are wild. And like when audiences went to see it, they didn't walk out going, "Oh, oh, I, that was that was a somber, rough experience." They walked out going, "Like, did you see that? What? That like, was it was not- a huge hit because it's kind of yeah. a fun movie to watch." And yeah. this is doesn't have that. Yeah. Well, but also that movie, I mean, particularly at the time was truly transgressive. It had some horrifying things for yes. like a child to be doing and saying about a major religion. Like all these, like in this movie does not even touch like the idea of being transgressive in any way. Like this is a bog standard horror movie. Yep. I think that's what it is for me. It, it feels just very, and it wouldn't be, it doesn't surprise me if it if it's true that it was kind of taken away and, and redid or yeah. it's, it feels like a, Ironically, for a movie whose message is all about how it takes a group working together to uh, save a child, it feels like it's kind of a committee-made horror movie yep. where it's, there's no, not a right. lot of real vision or excitement behind it. So uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's kind of a disappointing movie. Yeah, I feel like I feel like probably a lot of the negative things that I would uh, I would target the director with are mainly just complaints about general like nostalgia bait, legacy sequel stuff that. Uh, rather than any specific critiques of an individual. Have you ever wanted to know the sad lore behind Chuck E. Cheese's love of birthday parties? Or my Saturday mornings are reserved for cartoons? Or have you wanted to know how beloved virtual pet site Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Or how a former Mattel employee managed to grow Sega into a video game powerhouse? Join us, hosts Austin and Brenda, and learn all of these things and more at Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, now on Maximum Fun. The following are real reenactments of pretend emergency calls. 911. My husband! It's my husband! Calm down, please. What about your husband? He, he loads the dishwasher wrong. Please help! Please help me! Where are you now, ma'am? At the kitchen table, I was with my dad. He mispronounces words intentionally. There are plenty of podcasts on the hunt for justice, but only one podcast has the courage to take on the silly crimes. Judge John Hodgman, the only true crime podcast that won't leave you feeling sad and bad and scared for once. Only on MaximumFun.org. Hello there. Before getting into our ads for this week, I just want to mention that we have some exciting live shows coming up. You can check out flophousepodcast.com slash events for upcoming live shows. Didn't we just go on tour? Yes, we did, but we have a hunger for going out there and hobnobbing with all you beautiful people on Sunday, March 31st. That is Easter Sunday at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, There's a show where the doors open at 7 for a 7.30 show and... For our first shows ever, ever outside of our home continent, we'll be doing two shows in Oxford, England on May 24th at Oxford Town Hall as part of the brand new Oxford Podcast Festival. There will be an early and a late show, one at 7, one at 9 p.m., and at 1, we're going to discuss The Avengers from 1998 starring Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman, and the other one... We'll be talking Spice World, of course. 
classic of British cinema, Spice World. So again, go over to flophousepodcast.com slash events for all the information and ticket links for those shows in Brooklyn, New York on March 31st and in Oxford, England on May the 24th. And also, we have a couple of sponsors for this show. Our first sponsor is Rocket Money. Did you, uh, do you have any subscriptions maybe that you forget about and uh, any you paid for twice and didn't realize it? Uh, maybe uh, you have a subscription that was otherwise tricky or time-consuming to cancel, or uh, there's a subscription price increase that you uh, didn't know about, well, Rocket Money can help you with all of that. You can find extra subscriptions so you can cancel them. They can cancel ones for you that are too big of a hassle, make it difficult, and they can negotiate a change in a subscription price uh, for you if, if, it, if it got changed on you and you didn't want it to. Uh, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. And they can even try and get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you got to do, take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They've got over 5 million users and have helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million and canceled subscriptions. This year, let's cancel those subscriptions. Let's Marie Kondo that, except for, of course, Maximum Fun. That's what pays the bills over here. Whew. Anyway, cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash flop. That is rocketmoney.com slash flop. Rocketmoney.com slash flop. And also, our show is brought to you in part by Squarespace the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, even your time. With Squarespace, you can gain powerful insights into who is visiting your site and how they're interacting with your content with our in-depth website analytics tools, including page views, most-read content, audience geography, and more. Squarespace can help you get your business off the ground with e-commerce templates, inventory management, a simple checkout process, and secure payments. And with Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, you can start with a beautiful website template and customize every design detail with drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. So... If I've convinced you, even if I haven't, why not head to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code flop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, now it's time to answer some letters from listeners, listeners like you. This first letter. If you is, like sending us letters. Oh I guess and I having us this. tell you stuff. If you like asking us questions, because one question's not enough, mm -hmm. then maybe send Dan a letter. Okay. By the mail or the internet. Mm -hmm. And we'll answer it someday. If we haven't gotten to it yet, 
That's uh that's a song about somebody writing a letter to a podcast that they like because they think their partner doesn't like that podcast. Yes, but the exactly. thing is their partner wrote the same type of the letter. Partner is yeah. that podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's O. Henry's gift of the podcast. Uh this is from Brad Last Name Withheld, who writes Brad Lander. <laughs> I was in Barcelona for my fortieth birthday and I took a run along the beach while listening to the peaches discuss kangaroo jack. Uh the old beach peach, yep. <laughs> During the podcast. Elliot brought up Blue by Eiffel 65, Mm -hmm. which I probably hadn't thought about for over a decade. The next day, I was in the Picasso Museum, and when I stepped into the room showcasing his Blue period, that Mm -hmm. song was instantly stuck in my head. The same song he listened to when he was painting those. That's why he did it that way. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. My first thought was, you did this, Elliot. You did this. Thanks for all the wonderful podcasts. That's from Brad. You're welcome. I will actually tell a true story from my life, which is that just the day before yesterday, I was with uh, my older son, uh, Samuel, at a Cub Scout thing where people had to wear different color vests. And they were saying, okay, what vest are you? And someone said, I'm blue. And then it was all over after a little bit. And I said to Sammy, I applaud your self-restraint that you didn't say dabu di dabu die when the guy said I'm blue. And Sammy was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And I was like, it's the first thing I thought of. (laughs) It's the first thing (laughs) I always Are you even my son? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome, you're welcome trip Brad. Down yeah. <laughs> borderline novelty songs of the past lane. Borderline? Uh, <laughs> well, it's not like a, you know, it's not like a flying purple people eater, you know, it's hello mother. It's pretty mother, close. I mean, they're father. both about aliens of different colors. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, this. Yeah, of all the novelty <laughs> songs, Dan, you picked the wrong one as <laughs> <Yeah>. a counterexample. <laughs> Dan brought receipts, but they were the wrong receipts, and he mm. could not return the item. There was now, nothing the, in the song about a bikini that was itsy bitsy. Not, it's also, also about colors. It's also about the object's color, Dan. Oh, boy. True. But now I wish both of those had spoken word intros. Where, Let me tell you about a story about a bikini. This bikini was <laughs> yellow with polka dots on it. And everyone who saw it was like, what a bikini. And then the song starts and you're like, oh, okay. That's- <laughs> Um, Here's a story about a guy who's purple and eats and flies, but he or he eats purple people. It's not quite clear, but anyway, the thing is, he wants to be in a band. Now the song. Yeah. <laughs> now the song. <laughs> That's how the end of that part. <laughs> now that you are adequately prepared for the song. <laughs> now that we've made it so you won't have surprises. Um. This. Because we're worried that your heart might be too weak to take a song premise you're not prepared for. <laughs> Very thoughtful uh, narrator. This one is Now, from here's t- a story oh, about God a Sandman who is entering. He wasn't there, and now the Sandman's going to enter. So when I say exit light and enter night, you know it's the Sandman who's entering in. Ella, you're also bringing up a song that basically has a spoken word section in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But, I mean, they're just saying, you know, there's <laughs> praying to together. give you a break from the song. You're like... <laughs> The song was rocking too hard. We were worried about you. We gotta, you need a break, yeah. You gotta. You need a rest to have some orange slices and yeah. <laughs> dehydrated. This yeah. one's from Tim. <laughs> You're just so dehydrated from all that rock. Yeah. This is from- all that headbanging is just shaking the sweat right out of your head. You need to replenish it. Yeah. yeah Tim, need, last need name with L. C. Who Tim writes? Heidecker. Yeah, probably. Hey, peaches. I started listening to your podcast in 2015, but dropped off in 2017. Oh now, now I'm listening again in 2023. Yeah. So what did I what did I miss? <laughs> so what did I miss? Oh, what wow. did I miss? Not one of Leslie Odom's songs in that show, but he's in that show. 
Yeah. 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 That's one of David Diggs' songs. Uh, I don't know, man. What did we miss? Oh, there was a COVID thingy. We talked, Mm. we did some stuff during that. We do a lot of minis now. They're pretty uh, good. Pretty hilarious. Uh, We covered the first of the Rogue Moon movies, and I think that catches us up. Rebel Moon, which I'm glad that it made such an impression that you got the name right. Oh, Rogue Moon, I think, is a novel. Uh, Yeah. That old Rebel Moon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Looking to see. Uh, I got Rebel married. Moon I got remarried somewhere in there. That's. Uh, yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. That's a thing that yeah, happened. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we worked various jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a strike. We did a strike. strike. Dan and my union went on strike. That's true. Um, I got uh, like super buff. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That is yeah, a super thing. Bu- yeah, super buffed up. Super buffed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got yeah. swole. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's all. Uh, Elliot probably had like four more babies or something. <laughs> Look at yeah, Trad Mail Kalen right. over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, we ha- yeah, my wife and I had another litter of children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, I feel like that that's uh not going to be Elliot's next line of work is Trad Mail influencer who's like <laughs> talks about how the ideal situation is like living on a farm and making like raising cows and making all your own food and uh, <laughs> I don't think I'd do very well at it. Yeah. Uh, that's I, tra- when you said treadmill, I thought you said yeah. I thought you said tran- I thought you said, <laughs> you said treadmill, and I was like, I can get one of those. I thought you said transmail, like a trandoshan, like Bosk, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. I could be, I could be a Bosk, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. That's now, what, what if the TV show Bosch? I'm glad that yes, was on. about Bosk. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> you, there is somebody has already fucking made a, like a mashup poster and sells it as a T-shirt. Yeah, I probably. guarantee you, no question. Yeah, and that some and some. Some Star Wars fan bought it for their dad who loves Bosch. And he's like, I guess I'll wear this thing. <laughs> Your dad, the dad's like, what the hell is this? I don't understand. <laughs> I buy all my clothes at, at uh, Costco, so I guess I can wear this non-Kirkland shirt. I was, I was tickled by— <laughs> This is worse by... than the Eric Zuckusberg shirt you made me. <laughs> I enjoyed a recent Josh Gondelman tweet, which was about his dad trying to explain a TV show to him by saying it was ki- it's kind of like Bosch, but not that— but kind of not like Bosch. Mm-hmm. And it turned out the show was justified. And I'm like, <laughs> I guess that's true. That's a fair and, description. Yeah. That's a fair description of, of justified. It's kind of like Bosch and they're both, you know, detective shows. Okay, uh, not feature, like and feature. Kind of not like Bosch. Deadwood yeah. alums. Yeah. 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 Fits, fits the bill. So yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for a show, it's kind of like Bosch, Bosch but adjacent. not like yeah. Bosch. <laughs> Check out Justified. Streaming now. <laughs> um... Hey, this is the part of the show where we recommend movies that are a better use of your time than what we do with our time. Okay, we just yeah. watch movies for the, the plot. Tell me out. about it. Um, while we were on the road, this is an appropriate. We just got back from our tour from our from our yes. Errors West Coast tour, which we should mention. We should have mentioned this at the top, maybe. Uh, actually, you know what? This episode's going to come out. Even though we're recording this before a mini, it's going to come after a mini. So during the mini, let's talk about how how great our tour went and how proud great. we are of our audiences. Reverse planning. Let's do going it. On. Uh, Dan, I can't help it that I have memento syndrome. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway, what I was saying is um, appropriate to this uh, this podcast. I will recommend a William Friedkin movie that I saw on the road. We had one night off, and I was like, "What am I going to do with that night off?" I'm going to go to the movies. How uh, could I best appreciate the nightlife of Los Angeles? I know I'll now, go to a movie theater. To be fair, we were both uh, located in 
not so beautiful downtown LA <laughs> in our hotel. Yes, wow. I was I'm making no friends today. Uh I don't think just anyone family. who lives in Los Angeles is gonna argue with me about this. No, no. It's yeah. Um, I mean, downtown is the place to go if you want to try at a new restaurant, but to get there you have to walk down a block that smells like human feces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know, I didn't want to hop in a cab and go somewhere far away, which is what you gotta go do in LA. But six minutes away from where we were staying, lo and behold. They're, they were playing Sorcerer, uh, the William Friedkin movie that I had never seen. I had never seen Sorcerer, and I had been waiting to see it on the big screen. And mm-hmm. there Lady had been a couple, star Sorcerer Ronin. A couple of screenings <laughs> that I couldn't go to. I was like, I keep missing my chance. And I finally saw it on the road. Did I almost fall asleep towards the end because we had been doing a grueling tour schedule? Yes, but... I stayed awake and I really enjoyed it. I I would say that like, the wages of fear, which uh, sorcerer is based on the same source material, although taking it in a, in a very different way. Uh-huh. The wages of fear, one of my favorite movies. You know, I think that if you feel the need to, you know, compare them, I still like wages of fear's approach a little bit better. But man, sorcerer is good. It's uh, it it haunted me afterwards. It has some just very frightening set pieces in it. Uh, Roy Scheider is so good at being both like tough and like sensitive. You can see how his, you know, mind is falling apart over this grueling experience. All the other actors are tremendously uh, compelling. Um, Tangerine Dream, of course, did the score. How can you go wrong? Uh, So, I don't know. If you're a film buff and uh, like me, Somehow hasn't seen this. It's great. It major rules. work. It's a good uh, movie. Dan, did you answer the? Did you get the answer to the question of whether androids dream of electric tangerines? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not. I did not. I forgot to stay. I assume that was answered uh, in an end credits sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to recommend a, uh, musical. I'm going to recommend Dick's the Musical. Uh, I don't think we've recommended that one yet. Uh, it is a... Based uh, on the Sporting Goods store. <laughs> it is based on the Sporting Goods store. Um, it gotta is stock a, these balls, gotta stock them up at Dick's. Sports it's a very silly, queer musical uh, about two uh, long-lost twin brothers who meet while working at the same job selling basically widgets uh, and they're working for Megan the Stallion and they decide to get their mother and <laughs> father like to get back together. It sounds like you're making the movie up as you go along. <laughs> and they're uh, a, what I was not expecting were uh, the prominently featured puppet sewer boy monsters that take up a large portion of the plot of this movie. These two little monster guys and they are great and it is the hardest I've laughed at a movie in years, I would imagine. Oh, uh, it is such a silly thing and, uh, it is, it's one of those movies, it's a movie where I'm like desperately hoping just regular, regular old Megan the Stallion fans are like, <laughs> oh, what's this movie? I'll watch it. And then be like, have their minds blown by how strange <laughs> this thing is. Yeah. I've heard great things. I really want to. It's really it. funny. Uh, I, so this, we're talking about The Exorcist. So I wanted to recommend a horror movie. So okay. I'm recommending a movie called Carrie. Not the one you're thinking of. This is Carrie I mean, from. Yeah. We just both recommend movies with, let's say, horror elements in them. So I think we're all on brand here, Ellie. You don't uh, have to shame us. I guess us. so. We'll see. <laughs> so this is Carrie from 1952, directed by William Wyler. It's an adaptation of the novel Sister Carrie by Theodore Dreiser. And it's about the horror of needing money 
and how you live in a system where if you don't have money, your dreams are unattainable. And if you choose love over money, you will suffer for it. And so it's the story of a young woman, Carrie Mieber. She leaves her small town and goes to Chicago. And along the way, uh, becomes the girlfriend, live-in girlfriend of a salesman who will not marry her. He's just too too happy with his life and his his freedom. But she falls in love with a uh, restaurant maitre d' uh, named Hurstwood, who's played by Laurence Olivier. The, Carrie Meaver's played by Jennifer Jones. And it kind of becomes Laurence Olivier's movie from that point on where he become, he falls in love with Carrie, but he has a wife, he has a family, and he has this ostensibly – you know, lucrative, respectable job as the maitre d' at a very respectable restaurant, and he puts all that at risk for his love of Carrie, and as and he pays for it dramatically as his life falls apart. Mm-hmm. And it is a, it's funny because they kind of they made the ending of the movie a little bit slightly more positive than the ending of the book, but it's still pretty grim. I mean, the book has a very grim ending, but the it still feels like a very grim kind it's of like, like Dead or Alive, the Takeshi Miike movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also based on a, a Theodore Dreiser novel. Yeah, I think that's based on Jenny Gerhardt. Yeah, um, the uh, but it's a uh, it's it's still a it's a real uh, bracing movie. It's a movie where characters continue to have life smack them in the face over and over again, and the ending is still fairly rough, even though it's sentimental. And it's from 1952, and I wonder if it was taken at the time for what, the way I was taking it, which was very much a movie about, like I'm saying the need for money and how if you don't have money, if you're not well off, if you're not um, stable in that way, you cannot have the things in life that other people desire or sometimes take for granted. And it just, I found it very powerful in that way. So that's Carrie, not the Carrie about the telekinetic girl. That's also a mm-hmm. good movie, but this is a different mm-hmm. movie called Carrie. Mm-hmm. Wow, we did it. I don't know. So that's pretty complex. I'll just watch the telekinetic girl one. I mean, mm-hmm. if anything, the, if I, the plot, so this is about a man who falls in love with a woman and it wrecks his life. Carrie, the telekinetic, is a movie about a girl who, uh, upon puberty, <laughs> you know, she has superpowers. Like, I'm it's, saying it's, it's more too complicated. hard for my brain to, to <laughs> fathom that there's another movie named Carrie, so I'm just going to watch Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, this podcast is on the Maximum Fun Podcasting Network. We're getting ready to gear up for Max Fun Drive. They've got a lot of great shows over there. Why don't you check out MaximumFun.org. Uh, uh, check some of those out. Thank you to our producer, Alex Smith, who goes by Howell Dotty on the internet. And uh, he does a lot of great work of his own podcasts, music. Check that out. Um, and uh, if you have the time and the inclination, leave us five-star review on iTunes, maybe. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, a, a definite article would help that sentence out. Um, and if you don't Please have the don't take off a star for that. Maybe do it. Mm, I'll know? be leaving five one-star reviews, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's Should've me, the straw specific. man. <laughs> if it's you, me, Lamashtu. If you <laughs> don't, if you don't like the show, don't put the energy into trying to take us down. Really, like, what? What's the point? You know? Yeah. What's the point, man? Live and Just, let live. Yeah. What would be the point? Why would you do that? Yolo. We're you such, know, we're such small peaches. Why would you take us down? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're little peaches. We can't defend ourselves. We're fuzzy <laughs> we get and squashed. Yeah, we'll yeah. get smooshed. Uh, but uh, you know what? This has been the Flop House, and for the Flop House, I've been Dan McCoy. Hey, I've been Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but did you expect another song to another Imagine Dragons yes, reference? Why did that yes, take everybody a surprise? Yes. Come on. Bye. <laughs>
got a, I've got a bad one. Can I try this okay. bad one? Yeah, of course you can. On this episode, we discuss the Exorcist Believer. You made me a, you made me a Exorcist, an Exorcist. That's a hot song. That's a popular song yeah. now, or was it two years ago? No, a long time ago at this oh. point. But it's still terrible. So. Who's that? Imagine Dragons? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Dan, them, Dan, imagine some dragons. <laughs> okay. Doing it. Okay, I'm having a better time than listening to the music. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.